Welcome to the Ignite You Podcast, where two bros journey into all things spirituality and human transformation. Let's get it. Welcome, everybody, to an episode of Ignite You. It is Ryan Miller and Cam McDougal. And today we're going into a deep topic. We're talking about releasing suppressed emotions, otherwise known as exercising demons. That's all I have to say, at least. Sounds intense. <laughs> Sounds intense. And the reason we want to bring this up is because the other day when we did the episode on full expression, I brought up my experience with Cam, my first real visceral intense breath work experience. I brought that up and we're like, we should actually dive into that more as a topic and into Cam's journey with breath, how he got into that. And so just to recap, if you didn't listen to it, but I would say go back and re-listen to it. The link will be in the show notes. It'll be there in the notes for the show. For me, breath work, and I was telling Cam about this actually just before we hopped on. I've done some breath work before that time, but it was kind of on the softer side and it was like, you know, we would still do one hour blocks of breath, but it would be more gentle and more just intuitive breathe, how you want to breathe and tune into that. So it was like when Cam said, you know, let's do a breath work session. Let's drop into that. I was like, oh yeah, I've done breath work before. I'm familiar with this practice. I feel, you know, I'm good in this. So let's do it. And you were talking about the intensity leading up to it. And we were setting intentions and going to these deeper pieces of potential trauma to come up. It's like, okay, this is a, some new pieces here that I haven't experienced, but willing to dive in and going into the breath, it was by far the most condensed version of healing I've ever experienced. So in like 45 minutes to an hour, like actual breathing, it was like, it felt like 25 years of therapy. I say that to everybody that I've experienced it with. It was profound. It was terrifying. It was beautiful. It was playful. It was scary. It was, it brought up things I didn't even know I had stored inside of me. And I was snotting, drooling, screaming, crying, laughing, rolling. Everything was occurring all at once, basically. And it's fucking intense. I can't even relate it to anything except closely maybe to plant medicine. Mm -hmm. And it's fucking beautiful. And this is the breath, people. This is using the breath. And so we want to dive into this today with Cam because of this medicine. It's a fucking medicine. The way that breath can be used to release suppressed emotions and so many other things, of course, which we'll dive into. But first off, like, how did you even get into this work in the first place? How did you find breath work? Like, where did this... Where this come about for you? Yeah, definitely. And I love hearing your experience. <laughs> and it was it was so cool because we knew each other at that point, but not like that well. Yeah. Like we were kind of homies. Mm. We you know we'd hung out a couple times, but we didn't really know each other in a very deep level. And uh, we went in on that yeah. journey like together, oh, yeah. like deep. It was mm -hmm. it was a beautiful experience. And my first kind of I guess experience with breath work was very similar. My friend, Lucas Mack, massive shout out to this man. He's a beautiful, beautiful soul. Love this man. He brought me in on my first journey. Mm. And he, when I moved to Bali, was like, yo, dude, come over. I offer breath work. Like, I'd love to offer you a session as a homie. Like, just come and, come and check it out. And 
I went and I've been into meditation. I had done Wim Hof. I had, you know, experienced a lot of these different forms of more performance breath work. And I was not prepared for what was about to happen. It was very similar to what you were saying. It was mm-hmm. like, I went in kind of like, yeah, this is going to be cool. Yeah. You know, I played with psychedelics. I played with altered states. But the way Lucas held me and the way he guided me through this experience was an absolutely mind-bending, reality-altering experience for me. Mm-hmm. Where I quite literally had a full conversation with my higher self and my inner child And I was the conduit between the two of us. And my higher self was like, you're here to serve the breath. You have this gift. Mm. And Lucas is opening you up to this gift. Keep leaning in, keep moving in. And as I went deeper into this, because I was like, wow, I was having a full on psychedelic trip. Like if people ask me, oh, I don't think DMT is releasing breath work. I'm like, you're full of shit. (laughs) It it, it, it most definitely is. But the interesting thing here was as I went deeper into this experience, it was like a, a flash book or flip book, flash book, <laughs> either way, was blasted through my mind. And like I could see every single bad thing I had ever done or that had happened mm. to me. It was like boom, 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 boom. And I remember crying and screaming and moving and remembering these experiences. And, and don't, don't, don't forget, like I grew up in and out of juvenile detention. I was a violent little boy. You know, I was a violent teen. I was an angry person. I did a lot of really bad shit. So all of these moments were just coming, coming, coming. And every single one had a different feeling and a different emotion. And I was just exploding and crying and laughing and screaming. And it was like I was releasing all of these parts of me that... I didn't know we're still living inside of me. And so for me, it was this experience of living such dark, traumatic experiences, moving down the path of consciousness to get out of the game when I was younger, mm-hmm. diving into meditation, starting to explore the breath like pranayama, Wim Hof, these other more softer modalities mm-hmm. or performance-based modalities. And then ultimately getting linked up with Lucas, who was, you know, he doesn't practice the exact same breath work that I do, but it's very similar in a way that it just cracked me open to really letting these demons, these, these, these parts of myself come to the surface to be acknowledged and ultimately expressed and moved. Whoa. Like the, the flash book, flash card, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That version of these memories just flickering through is crazy, man. I actually didn't even, I haven't heard this story told in this way from you before. So it's really cool to hear. That's what happened to me in Bufo. And mm. so actually to hear that, it's, it's a very similar, like all the things that happened. Yeah. So I can, I can relate to that. And Bufo, for experience. those of you that don't know, is smoking like the purest form of DMT, 5-MeO. Yes. Yeah. Very intense. Very That'll, intense. There'll be another episode on, on plant medicines and things yeah. like this. But it's amazing how similar these experiences yeah. can be. Like that's one of the highest forms of plant medicine. You can get the most intense in a short period of time. And that came to you in breath work. Yeah. So what you're talking about right now, this is like your first like That was moment. My, my first real moment with it. And and after that, you know, it was it was pretty cool because uh, Lucas, Hella, and my partner at the time, Victoria, were all these breathwork wizards, right? Mm-hmm. They were they still are. Like, you know, you can you can see Lucas and Hella and Aubrey Marcus. Victoria is now building a whole other breathwork company. Like they've got 
they're, they're absolutely pioneers and leaders in this industry. And I got to then step into their footsteps and follow them. And, and I remember being like, yo, I, I feel like I have to serve this medicine. And, and so over the course of it, they taught me a lot of what they knew. I facilitated retreats with them. I would facilitate smaller things with Victoria, you know, massive shout out to Victoria. She taught me so much about her wizardry and what she knew and, and really opened me up to this gift that I had. And then I, you know, I obviously got certified and became a huge breathwork nerd and just ran hundreds of sessions on myself, yeah. like just going so deep and screaming and moving and, you know, just, just really getting intimate with this form of healing. And, and over the course of that, and I still am, you know, just working on removing these traumas, you know, from my, from myself, because you know, when you've had guns pointed at your face or you've had the shit literally kicked out of you or you've been mm. handcuffed and beat up by cops or you've been threatened for your life multiple times or you have to sleep with a machete under your pillow for years of your life, like that yeah. ingrains in your nervous system. And I still deal with stuff from those days. And and so for me, it's it's getting to this place where I want to free myself from those emotions and breath work has just been the most powerful way for me to actually in a intentional contained way, yeah. go back into those experiences and express now what wasn't able to be expressed in those moments. Yeah. And those traumas are really intense mm -hmm. and potentially not relatable to people listening, sure. but of course, like a trauma is a trauma. However you sure. relate to it, it could be any act, it could any be a car accident, it could be, it could be stubbing your toe. You yeah. know, it could be holds emotional like abuse. It can yeah. be, you know, anything that has, you know, an emotional charge and a chemical reaction in yeah. the body that has makes a lasting impact on you, regardless yeah. of how, you know, relatively insane or not it is, based on what society deems as crazy or not. You know, it's all it's all trauma. Yeah. Your version of a machete under your pillow. There totally. you go. So with this, like, because you're certified in this, is this is like what you work in for people to understand, like, how does breath surface traumas? Like, how does that tie in? Like you're breathing. Yes, I get that. And trauma's coming up through it. I've experienced it. Like mm -hmm. I know it to be true, but the mechanism behind it, like how does breath become a gateway to specifically trauma coming up and, and being released? How does this yeah, happen? Yeah, beautiful. I love that question. And so for trauma to come up to the surface, it needs to be reactivated. Mm -hmm. It needs to be stimulated, right? Like if you think about PTSD, for instance, like sometimes if, uh, you know, a motorcycle backfires or something, that sounds like a gunshot. So it can trigger yes. a traumatic response in a veteran, right? That's because that trauma is living in the body and it needs a form of stimulus to come to the surface. Breath work, when done in the right ways, stimulates the sympathetic nervous system, right? So if you sit and you take some breaths just in and out, like really fast through your mouth, like <sighs> some people will say, oh, I'm getting anxious. Mm -hmm. Or some people will say, oh, I'm getting sad. Or some people will be like, oh, I feel super energized. Mm -hmm. You're turning your sympathetic nervous system on. So you're starting to activate. When you get to a certain state in breath work and you actually follow the patterns, you actually start to enter a state of hypnosis almost as you follow a breathing pattern. So not only are you stimulating your sympathetic nervous system, 
But as you go deeper into this hypnosis, it's almost like a mantra, right? You start to leave your conscious mind. You start to dip out of the prefrontal cortex, right? Your thinking mind, your analytical mind. And you dip into your limbic brain. You dip into the subconscious. You dip into the more primal side of your being. And so you follow these patterns, you follow this breathing, you stimulate the sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight or flight mechanism, which is what is responsible for generally most traumatic reactions or suppressions. You bypass the analytical mind, the thinking mind, and you let what comes to the surface come to play. For instance, if someone's in a car accident, right? Crazy car accident. They get out of that car accident if they're still alive, right? They're shaking, right? Shaking, shaking, shaking. Society has deemed that shaking is a bad thing, right? It's, it's weird. Don't do that. You're making me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? We stop it. We clench it. We hold it. We use the analytical mind to suppress a physiological function that helps us discharge energy. That's what shaking is. It's your body discharging energy, adrenaline, norepinephrine, all these things. Like yeah. it's, your, it's your body <laughs> discharging. Like if you look at a gazelle in nature, exactly, yeah. right? The lion either eats it or it gets away. If it gets away, it goes and lies in the grass and it shakes mm-hmm. until it stops. And then it's on with its life. It just moves on. Mm-hmm. Humans don't. We swallow it. We gulp it down. We tuck that shaking away. And so over the course of our lives, we carry that energy. And here's the interesting thing is that time is a concept of the mind, right? Your body doesn't have the concept of time. So it holds on to these traumas or these emotions or these experiences, especially when we suppress them, without an idea of it being over or not. It still thinks it's going on. So when you're able to use these breathing patterns and dip into the subconscious, dropping out of the thinking mind and letting the sympathetic nervous system come back up and activate, that trauma generally will follow. And so, you know, in in the breath work that I do, there's a lot of pressure points. Mm-hmm. A lot of body work, right? And so if, if you see that someone's like holding tension in their shoulder and you go in and you use a pressure point on their clavicle, right? Or in their armpit or, or something like mm-hmm. that. And you, you agitate that area. Boom. That trauma yeah. will come to the surface and that person can relive it. Yeah. And I'll just speak to that because Cam did that for me. One of the scenarios we had... And Cam's really intuitive with this and works really well. I mean, intuition's obviously one piece, but you can just read the body. You know the anatomy, how the body moves. He made me get on all fours, which already felt challenging for me to do around another man. And then pressed a trigger point on my neck, which then brought me straight back to an experience I had with my father that I didn't know I was storing in my memory. And I was able to heal it right in that moment. So just a for instance of what happened to me and how healing that was, was something that was so uncomfortable and it felt so hard to do. And then he touched that area on my body and I was like, oh, I can release that. I don't need to hold that anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know I had that. So that's fucking beautiful, man. Mm-hmm. Well, the body, you know, and, and, and thank you for that description because I think that's very relatable and it's a firsthand experience with mm-hmm. it. The body holds on to stuff mm-hmm. and the body has memory, right? There's this concept of muscle memory and fitness, mm-hmm. but you're, 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 your whole body is wired. You have neurological plexes in your heart and your gut everywhere, right? Like, your glands, they're all intelligent centers of your body, you know? And we think that all oh, the brain and what we perceive is all we hold on to. And it's like, no, 
you know, we talk about this in our challenges all the time, this process of neuralation and how, mm-hmm. you know, our, our central nervous system is sending and receiving information, you know, seven weeks into, you know, us becoming an embryo. It's like these things, the, these things are, are stored in us and we sometimes don't even know. And so you'll deal with people that are like, I don't know why I'm anxious. Like, yeah. I have such bad anxiety. And they're like, I live a pretty good life. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, cool, let's get you out of your conscious mind into your subconscious Let's poke and prod a little bit in a container where you're safe and you're held and you're seen. And let's see what comes to the surface. Because, you know, certain, you know, I've had clients where they've totally suppressed the fact that they've had sexual trauma, mm-hmm. or sexual abuse. Yeah. Because, you know, as children, if something traumatic like that happens, the body's very intelligent, right? The mind's very intelligent. What does it do? <laughs> Blocks you off from that, mm-hmm. protects you from it gets you to a place where you don't have to think about it. The challenge is, is that still living in you? Yeah. It's still there. Yes. Regardless of if it's in your conscious awareness or your memory bank or not, it, your, your body has stored that. Mm. So on that, this topic, like it sounds like there's lots of beautiful healing in this process. Sounds, it sounds dandy, right? We're taking these really scary things. We're like all these traumas, all these things is getting healed through breath. And that also makes me think, okay, this is, this is an intense process. So what, what could go wrong here when thinking about like mm. somebody looking for breath work, looking for this, like, Oh, this sounds great. I want to do it. Like, yeah. even though, you know, it doesn't sound fun, but it sounds like, Oh, this is an opportunity to heal. I want mm. some of this. Like what can go wrong? Like what, mm. what's possible for re-traumatizing? What's yeah. like, what's possible in this space that's so sensitive and open? Yeah. Great question. I think with all healing modalities, it's so important to have reverence. Mm-hmm. Because you are opening yourself up to some pretty heavy shit. Yeah. Like you really are. There's no way around it. And just to be clear, breathwork sessions can sometimes be extremely blissful and beautiful. Yeah, of course. Right? You can have breathwork sessions that feel like you're just filled with light and you're having a perpetual orgasm for an hour. That's a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's not always like you're going into the depths of your trauma. However, you are opening yourself up. All right. So on a more entry level, you're opening yourself up to memories and experiences that you might not necessarily be aware of in yourself. So that can be very emotionally challenging. That can be very emotionally confronting. Mm -hmm. If you go into a session and you're like, well, this happened and you're like, holy shit, this is changing how I see my whole life. So you have to be ready. You know, and I think the most important thing for all of, you know, everyone who's looking to enter this healing space is you, you really have to get yourself to a place where you have support around you that will help you integrate what comes up, Mm -hmm. right? Because there are dangers to this, you know, there are certain people that will have experiences that cause them to have, you know, borderline psychotic breaks sometimes Mm -hmm. it can happen. I personally have never had that happen. I think it's because of the prep I give my clients as well as the integration and how discerning I am with which clients I serve. But at the same time, it's like you want to be in a place where you're, you're, you're curious and you're open. Mm-hmm. And one of the most important things I tell people is like, you got to be playful with it. Mm-hmm. You got to go in and, and even though it is trauma, even though it is like, like go in with an investigator's energy. Yeah. Like I'm going to explore my body and I'm not going to identify with what's coming up. And I'm going to allow. So you can be re-traumatized. You can have these things go wrong. On the flip side, 
I also believe that the body knows how much you can handle. Mm -hmm. And so if you can find that edge where you're challenging the body enough that you're able to go into these states, but you're not pushing it beyond what it really is able to handle, you're going to find a good line, Mm. right? You're going to find a good space. Um, So always try to flirt that line and trust the body because the body generally, unlike plant medicine, like breathing, you got to breathe. So a lot of times it will, people will tap out, Mm -hmm. right? So you'll see in a session, someone will be breathing, 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 emotions start coming. You can see that they're starting to have a vision or an experience and then they just stop breathing and they dip out and then they stop sometimes breathing for five to 10 minutes because the body's, you know, resetting its, its carbon dioxide levels. Mm -hmm. And then they come back and like, wow, that was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And you're like, you were coming up against something and you you tapped out, not consciously, but the body held that person back. So there are checks and balances in the body that can really help. But at the same time, if you force it, it can sometimes go a little sideways. So on that, interested because people listening might be like oh, okay my body's telling me i really don't like to mouth breathe so mm. my mouth gets dried up whenever i do that i don't want to do we didn't talk about how it looks but usually a circular mouth breathing yeah. when it comes to this kind of work so it's like ah no that's not for me my body doesn't want that you know you could you could play that card mm-hmm. so for for that kind of block around like even getting into the breath mm-hmm. of like oh it's probably not for me mm-hmm. What do you say to that? Do you say this is for everybody? Do you say this is for a select group of people? Do you have to have a trauma in mind to do this? And like, mm. yeah, like people kind of getting into it, like who's it for? And if they have that body block, when you say listen to your body, does that also make sense to the idea of like, I'm not supposed to breathe like that? I would say it's very practitioner dependent. Okay. So if you're going, if you're like, oh, breath work doesn't feel good for me and I don't enjoy it and you haven't probably found the practitioner that's for you. Mm -hmm. For me, I have, so we have light breathers, we have strong breathers. Mm -hmm. They both have very different experiences. Both have very profound experiences, right? So if I'm working with somebody and they come in and they're like, I really don't like to breathe, it makes me anxious. I'm gonna get them into a state where they're not thinking about that anxiety and they're comfortable breathing in a way that they feel comfortable with me there. And then I'll push them. I'll dip them in and I'll dip them out and I'll dip Mm -hmm. them in and I'll dip them out. Right? So it's really important that you find somebody that's willing to work with you. If you go to a practitioner and they're like, you can only do this and only that. Otherwise you can't breathe. And like, peace out a town, bro. Like I ain't having that shit. (laughs) That person has to be able to read your energy and work with you because I have sessions with people where they don't move. They won't have any catharsis whatsoever. And sometimes I'm like, shit, is this person even breathing? Mm -hmm. And then they'll come out after the integration music and they'll be like, I just had a full conversation with my higher self. I had a conversation with my dead grandma. I went to see my other family in the Pleiades and I just Mm -hmm. took off. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit. Like that's profound. Mm -hmm. Right? So... It's important to know that, yes, your body will guide you. And it's also important to know that just because you have those limitations doesn't mean that breath work's not for you. It probably just means that you haven't found the right person that's going to work with you in a way that's going to get you to where you want to go because everybody can benefit from breath work. Okay. Yeah. So everybody. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, we're all breathing here, we're, right? Everybody breathes. <laughs> and yeah. everyone has different modalities of it. And even in the workshops that I run and we run, it's like, 
find your pace. Yes. Right? Find your pace. And I'm going to push you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stimulate you in ways. But at the same time, it's like it is your journey. So don't judge. Just open up to it. Mm-hmm. Lean in. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. So for people listening to this, maybe not having access to a group to go to or able to go to a practitioner right now, like what are ways to kind of get started in this area or like tools they can use? Because we're talking about exercising demons here, right? We're talking about yeah. <laughs> well, that, and supporting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. You know, it's, it's funny. So I'll get into tools in a second. Yeah. I just don't want to, I want to say also that on the topic of what can go wrong. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'm a cosmic dude. I love the yeah. cosmic shit. So, so I started yeah. with like the entry level yeah, stuff. Okay, now I okay, want to okay. talk there about the, the, the next demons. level stuff. Let's get there. You're opening yourself up to other realms of consciousness and breathwork. Yes. You are opening yourself up to other dimensions of reality. Mm-hmm. When I hold space for people in breathwork, I bring through divine guidance. I bring through my guides. I bring through my ancestors. I bring through my higher self. Okay. It's very important as a person who's going into these spaces. It's like ayahuasca. It's like bufo. It's like even psilocybin and all these different types of ceremonies. You are opening yourself up mm-hmm. to beings, entities, spirits, all these different things. So you got to make sure that A, you're going to a container that's tight. And, and you're also going to a place where, you know, you, you really trust the person to be able to hold yeah. the energy of the room. Mm-hmm. Right? Because like a shaman... And I'm not comparing myself to a shaman per se, but it's a similar thing that we do in a sense. That shaman is there to orchestrate the energy. Mm-hmm. That shaman's not there to come and like hold you if you're crying. That shaman's there to control the energy, the entities, the spirits of the room. And I think a lot of people neglect this, especially Western, Northwest, well, Western practitioners for the most part, is because we're so rooted in science that we think that everything we can see and touch is all that matters. But you're opening yourself up to some pretty powerful spiritual energy here. Mm-hmm. So something that can go wrong is if you go to the wrong place and it's not the right practitioner and you're doing it in a place that has entities or energies around that aren't conducive to your healing, you can have other things latch onto you. Mm-hmm. You can have these other, and whether you want to call that just like, oh, I heard someone do something and it was emotion that triggered something in me that's now living in me, or you want to say that you were possessed by a demon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. both the same shit. One will be more relatable to people than others. But you have to know that, you know, the container is everything. Really, truly is. So just be mindful of that when you start these practices. You are opening yourself up to your subconscious mind or other realms of consciousness and other entities and beings. Yeah. Right. The practitioner is a big one. Like, who are you getting this from? And I think that for me, and some things I looked out for and, and knew with anybody I've learned from or gotten breathwork journey, like an experience from, I've known that person on a pretty deep level. Mm-hmm. Like for you, with for instance, like we've hung out a few times. I know you. I'm like, oh, this is a pure soul. Like Cam mm-hmm. is a great person with good intentions. And I can tell he can hold down the grid. Like this yeah. man is powerful. So I knew that. Going into a space, like have you gone into a space where you don't really know the practitioner yet, you don't know the teacher, but you're like, I'm going to go there, I'm going to trust you, maybe you heard through a friend or like, how do you ground into that piece? Because it sounds like it sounds like there's lots of risk in it, of course, you're fully open. Have you gone to where you didn't know the practitioner, but you trusted in X, maybe a friend or the location or whatever, 
and then potentially gotten there and been like, nah, this isn't it? Or like, how do you, how do you kind of go with that piece? Like somebody that wants to go to one, but maybe doesn't know the practitioner. Themselves. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And then after I answer this, I'll get to some tools and yeah. some ways for people to get started because it, it'll kind of lead into that. So I'm, I've kind of been spoiled yeah. in breath work. Like <laughs> I won't best. lie. Like I actually have, right? Yeah, like, 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 you know, Victoria, Lucas and Hella, um, you know, we'll post their Instagrams and stuff in the comments as well. So you can go check all them out, but they're, they're really fucking good at what they do. And I, so I was able to really get an insight into what really heartfelt, powerful breath work is like. And I was able to, you know, cultivate and create my own version of that from these powerful beings powerful humans i don't know <laughs> Some if you know Lucas and Hella, they are, they're more <laughs> beings than humans they're amazing i love it so much but at the same time it's 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 really important to know that you know you got to be discerning mm -hmm. in where you go with your breath work and for me I've, I've been spoiled you know i've had i could call on those guys whenever i wanted call on those humans whenever mm -hmm. i wanted we're really trying That's to stop nice saying guys we don't we don't yeah. like saying it um call on those humans and be like, Hey, can, can you hold me? I have been to experiences. We were just talking about it actually when we were making cacao before this episode where I didn't feel held. And I actually yeah. had an experience in Bali where I went to a breathwork journey and the practitioner actually told me to calm down and like actually resisted my expression. Mm -hmm. And if I wasn't a practitioner, and had been able to maintain my awareness and, and my power in, in what I wanted and needed to bring through in that moment, it could have been a big challenge, right? Especially yeah, re-traumatize you. For sure, especially for yeah. someone like me who has a story and a, and a trauma of being too much, mm -hmm. right? So, so, you know, that was an experience where I was like, ooh, I wouldn't go back to that container. And I never did for healing again after that. And it's funny because the people that were running it were my friends and there was like a whole, a whole vibe to it. But I was like, I'm not, I'm not attached to that place anymore. I don't really like the vibe mm -hmm. out for breath work and deep healing. And at the same time, like, you know, I know a lot of practitioners mm -hmm. and some are good and some are flat out just not in it. You know, it's not that they're bad. It's just, they don't put the reverence into it. Mm -hmm. So what I would say is do your research, do your diligence, you know, spend time getting to know these people, you know, watch, watch their Instagrams, you know, go, go into their world and, and, you know, see what you can and watch testimonials and reach out to people who have had sessions from these people, because that's going to be your best insight into it. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, for me, it's like, I would never sit with a shaman that wasn't recommended to me. You know, I'd never go into an ayahuasca ceremony because it's like, they're like, we have ayahuasca. Not a fucking chance. Yeah, there's like an ad in a yeah. cafe. It's like a flyer. Like, okay, yeah, it's I'll like sick. Pull this number and come. You know, we do them every every Tuesday at four. Yeah. You know, it's like no, nah, I, I would want that. I would never go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, check. I want that. <laughs> I would never go to that. Yeah. So you want to do your diligence because let's be let's be honest. You're you're playing with some of the deepest darkest shit inside of you. Mm -hmm. You know that needs to be treated as a very important, very you know, fragile it's practice. ceremonial and it's ceremonial. Sense, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, you've seen how I roll. It's like we, we cleanse, we pray, we spend hours getting things ready in a, in a physical space for ceremony to go down. Mm -hmm. I spend days getting myself into state 
if I'm going into a very deep ceremony, it's like you, you want to make sure you're a clear vessel, mm-hmm. right? You really truly do. So we really want to make sure that the ceremony side of it is there, that the reverent side of it is there, and that there's, there, there's really people behind it that know what they're doing. For yeah. sure, because let's be honest, every everybody and their dog is now a breathwork practitioner. Yeah. Like you it's go easy to get there. certified. It is. It's like people yeah. go for a weekend and they're like, "Yep, running events." It's like it's like CrossFit now. You know, like comparing, you know, as a strength and conditioning coach, I think about a CrossFit coach. So I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Like you go for a weekend and you could open up a gym and run people through yeah. Olympic lifting. And you're just kind of like, wait, I had to learn that stuff over like two years as a strength and conditioning coach and you're doing it in a weekend. So, yeah. And to be clear, we're speaking about a very specific type of breath. Of course, there's pranayama. There's other types Ah, of breathing where it's like there's these breathwork practitioners. For instance, we have a good friend down here that's a pranayama master. Yeah. But she doesn't go into trauma, into that space. It's more just, you know, calming the system. Relaxing the body, yeah. nadi shodna, where yeah. you're kind of alternate nostril breathing, these different yeah. kinds of practices that are softer. And that's what it's for. Yeah. It's mixed with yoga. It's mixed yeah. with these other practices. We're talking about trauma release. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, I love that you brought that up because it, breath work is very wide in its breadth. Mm-hmm. Right? In its breadth. <laughs> in its, <laughs> in its breadth. <laughs> it is wide in its breadth. In its breadth. Breath? What? I don't know. You know, breadth like thick, <laughs> like wideness. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> you just make up words. I don't think I made that word up. Maybe fact checkers. Let us know. Fact checkers out there. Did I just make a word up? Breadth. The breadth of experience, <laughs> not breadth of experience. Breadth of experience. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I digress. Very, very, very important <laughs> to yeah. know. Okay, that breath work has a lot of different avenues, and and if it comes to like. If you're somebody that's like, I want to control my anxiety, Nadi Shodhana, you know, Pranayama, these things are beautiful for that, right? You know, there's, there's very, there's so many different forms. Yeah. And the reason that I got into what I got into is that I'm very fascinated and very interested in trauma mm-hmm. because for me, releasing trauma is an extremely important aspect of us living from our full expression and ultimately living from our truth because I, for so many years, lived from a place of pain. I lived from a place of hesitation. I lived from a place of feeling like I was broken and unable to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. And, and shit, like I still deal with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like to this day, I have stories that come up and beliefs that come up. And I still have moments where I wake up in the middle of the night and I feel like, oh my God, did I lock the door? Is someone coming to get me? Right? Like, And these are all things that hold me back from feeling like I want to feel and living how I want to live. And so for me, the trauma aspect of this became so important. And we thought it was really important to bring up, especially after the full expression episode, because to be honest, let's use jumping off a cliff as an example, Mm -hmm. right? So fun. A lot of people want to do it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people get to the top and they can't move. What is that? That's a freeze response. Freeze response is rooted in trauma, right? So it's really important to know that a lot of times when we freeze at the top of a cliff or we freeze when we're trying to do a presentation or maybe we freeze when we're driving or playing sports or trying to move or whatever, it's like that's blocking you from some form of your life that you obviously want to explore. Mm -hmm. So let's get into the inner workings of what's kinking the system 
Let's remove that so that you can live, you can, you can ignite, you can be who you want to be and show up how you want to show up because that's what you came to this world to do is to learn, to feel, to grow and to alchemize your pain and your challenges into your power, into your purpose. Ooh, sounds good. That sounds yummy. I want I like all it. that. On that, let's get into the tools, dude. What are mm. some ways for people to start approaching this now? Like right away after listening to this or when these little things come up, like I imagine, like you're saying, when you have these moments, you have a whole toolkit of things to use right yeah. away, right off the bat. Yeah. It's not that you stay with that. You know, you can sit with it, yeah. but you have tools and ways to navigate it. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, the, the first is our app. Mm-hmm, of course. You know, getting on the embodied app ASAP Rocky, like as quick as you can, mm-hmm. um, because we guide you through breath, movement, meditation yeah. in, a, in a beautiful way, in a fun way, in a way that guides you exactly on what to do with five minute, 10 minute, 15, 20, all these different versions. So that would be the first thing I would say, just do it. Um, And honestly, like I'm plugging our stuff, but it's it's really sick. It's like, it's amazing. It's it's what we wanted. It's It's what we want now. So we built that out. Us one year ago would have been the best thing ever ever. to have implemented. Yeah, totally. So, so getting on the embodied app right away, right away. Uh, and we have, you know, we have free trials for our listeners and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can get in. We have like smaller snippets yeah. and all that stuff. So you can kind of check it out and feel the vibe. But starting a practice, a daily practice of connecting with your breath. Mm-hmm. I would also recommend, you know, seeking out a practitioner, mm-hmm. right? I'm not saying you got to come to me. Um, you know, I'm harder to get a hold of these days for, for stuff, especially with where I live. But seeking out a practitioner where you are. Okay, one that can actually work with you in the physical. That's ideal. Online is good. We do them on our challenges and I do them for my clients. And at the same time, when it comes to trauma release, being there in the physical allows for you to go deeper and allows for me to hold you deeper. Mm-hmm. You know, online works well, but generally there's there's some resistance and I can't trigger like what Ryan was talking about. I can't yeah. trigger these these points in your body to stimulate you in the same way. So it's a little, a little more challenging, but in that way, it actually blocks how deep you go, which makes it a little safer. Mm-hmm. Um, and other than that, I would just say, you know, one, one thing that really, really helped me at the beginning of this journey was I, I read a book. My dad gave me this book called The Miracle of Mindfulness by Thich Nhat Hanh. Mm. And in that book, you should definitely read that book. Everyone should read that book. It's so yeah, beautiful. It's and it's book. super small, super thin. Like yeah, really, Thich Nhat Hanh is good with yeah, the way he like writes. Quick the to the out. point. Yeah. And there's an exercise in that called the breath body. And he says, just sit in meditation and inhale, feel the whole breath body. And you, you say that to yourself and then you exhale, feel the whole breath body. Inhale, feel the whole breath body. And basically, I can't remember what the layout is. It's been probably like four years now since I read this book. But in that, he says, you know, do 10, 20, 30 of these breaths. And if you ever, you know, if your mind wanders away from feeling the whole breath body, start again from zero and keep going until you get to the amount you commit to. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important one because a lot of times people aren't very aware of their breath. And then the moment that you tell them to be aware of their breath, it makes them anxious. They haven't really gotten to a place where they're comfortable, you know, observing their breath Mm -hmm. and controlling their breath. 
So that's a great exercise in a very soft way to get you to a place where you're starting to dance with your breath. Because let's be honest, a breathwork journey is you dancing with your breath. And the first five to 10 minutes, sometimes 15, sometimes 20 for people can be very arduous, right? It can be very like, damn it, this is so much work. You know, I call it breath work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, 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 it takes work. So the more intimate you are with that and controlling that space and, and learning to work with the breath in that way, the easier it's going to go, right? And, and finally, what I would say is it's also a big mindset shift. Mm. And this is going to challenge a lot of people, but where there's resistance, there's potential, right? It's as simple as that. And, and if you're resistant to something... That doesn't mean you got to just be a you know bull in a china shop and just run in full tilt and get it done because that's also an integrated way of approaching it. Mm -hmm. But where there's resistance, there's opportunity for growth. So if you're resistant to the breath and you're like, well, I just don't like it. It makes my mouth dry, which is what a lot of people say. Do breath work with a bottle of water next to you. Take a sip of water every once in a while. Don't let that be the block because if that's the block then there's obviously something for you there that you just don't want to see yet. Mm -hmm. So get to a place where you see this resistance as an opportunity, as a challenge. And that's where you start to really get benefits from breath work is where you go in and you're like, all right, I see this as a, as a challenge. Mm -hmm. But that challenge is an opportunity because, you know, breath work gets hard. You go into some shit. A lot of times as you start feeling things or seeing things, you're like, oh, I don't want to see this. I don't want it. So you have to develop this state of mind where you're just like, I'm going in and I'm breathing into this more and I'm feeling it more. And you hear me when I run it, I'm like, mm -hmm. you're feeling the resistance. You're feeling all this pain. You're feeling the sadness, these emotions, like breathe into them, feel them more, allow for them to come through because you want to get intimate with that. Yeah. And the more intimate you get with that, the more the experience expands and the more you feel and you know, emotions are energy in motion. So the more you can feel those emotions the more you're going to move them. So if you were scared in a traumatic experience that's stuck in your body and the more you allow yourself to feel that fear while remaining aware that you're safe, that's the key here, mm -hmm. remaining aware that you're safe, not becoming the experience again, you start to move it out of your system. And that's why after breath work, people are like, oh my God, I feel so light and so orgasmic. <laughs> or, oh, orgasmic. It's true. It's true though. Work, and people yeah. have orgasms all the time, mm -hmm. but they feel so good yeah. because you're not tense in that spot. You've let that emotion move. You've cleared out. You've, you've titrated mm -hmm. that one piece of your experience. Yeah. And again, people, these breathwork tools are in the app. So we have ways for you to navigate them daily for your practice. Like Cam's talking about, the ways to start using and getting into this work and start releasing is all in the app. We have that built out for you guys. And even some things that I'm thinking about now, like from the five to feel alive that we talked about in the full expression episode, like a few of those pieces also apply here, right? When it comes to moving For sure. emotion. For sure. Yeah. 100%. And you know, that's really what we want to get into here is breath work is a great conduit for catharsis and letting the emotions come to the surface. So, you know, things like roaring, things like, yeah. you know, really getting out there, letting primal screams out, things like moving and dancing yeah. and shaking and pulsing. And, you know, I, I love Osho for this because all the weird shit he would have, you know, if you've ever done Osho dynamic meditations, <laughs> so like, good. holy shit, it's 
weird. You're like, he, you know, <laughs> I think in his one that's called Osho Dynamic, you're actually, he says, go absolutely mad for 15 minutes. Yeah. Like you lose yourself. Yeah. And I remember doing that at a breathwork training, like just going bonkers. Like you're eating grass, you're ripping your clothes, you're like, you're fully going completely quote unquote insane. But the more that you can allow for yourself to express in these ways, you're going to let your body's intelligence move what needs to move. Because here's the thing, your body knows what it needs to do in order to get the stuff out. Yeah. Right. I've, I've, I've hit a person. So as, and when I say hit, I mean like I've, I've applied pressure to clients. So as in breath work and the legs just start running, mm-hmm. they'll be running on the mat so fast. The person might be screaming, moving, ah, right. Mm-hmm. And then, then they relax, they come back. Yeah. And then at the end they say, wow, I had this experience when I was younger where I couldn't run away. Mm. And then they're like, now I feel like I was actually able to run and that it's gone. Mm. But you have to get to a place where you're okay with running and screaming on a mat. Cause a lot of times people would be like, are people looking at me? You know, is it going to be weird? Can I actually do this? You know? So the more we can get in tune with roaring and letting emotion guide us and, yeah just really being open to what wants to come through as the body's intelligence, the more we're going to heal. Get closer to your full expression. Get closer and closer and more and more into your full expression. Mm-hmm. It's going to allow you to feel fucking excited for life and allow you to release suppressed emotions and so mm-hmm. many other things, people. And exercise the demons. Exercise the demons. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Fuck I love yeah. that. One thing I just want to close with here. And this is, this is very specific to trauma. If you are somebody dealing with trauma, it's very important that you, like I said, find somebody that knows what they're doing. Find someone that can hold you in your wild. Mm-hmm. Okay. And at the same time, you learn to really focus your awareness on the experiences taking place in your body, not becoming them. Okay. You really want to make sure that we create separation between the experience and us. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing when it comes to releasing suppressed emotions or exercising the demons. Oh, I, exercise, I was like, I could have been anything. It could have been. I caught you <laughs> off guard. Exercising the demons yeah. is that you remain aware of the expression. You remain yes. aware of what's taking place in your body. Okay, Mm. you don't become it because what 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 happens in a lot of these circumstances and one of the major dangers is re-traumatization when we become the expression and we forget that we are to maintain an awareness and separation of the expression, we can get ourselves into trouble. So very important to just really focus on harnessing that awareness. Right. And and going in with intention. Right. Like, for instance, if you're going to roar. Right. If you're going out into the forest to roar, it's like, why do you want to roar? Mm-hmm. What's that feeling? What's the expression? Mm-hmm. Maybe like you weren't heard as a child. So you want to go and be heard. So you're like, OK, I am Cam, age 36, going into the forest to roar because I was not heard as a child when I was six. I'm going to let myself express that as I was watching the six year old express it. I'm not going to become the six year old. Yes. Right. Because if we become the six year old and then we roar and then someone comes up and is like, shut up, <laughs> you know, from down the street, we're going to be like, oh, my God, I just did that thing again. Boom. You're back in the same cycle. Mm-hmm. But if someone comes up and is like, shut up, you'd be like, hey, my six year old is just roaring right now to clear his trauma. Let him be. Mm-hmm. 
you have that awareness, you're able to express <laughs> it. So you don't yeah. become the emotion, you just allow for it to come to the surface. Yeah, and you're owning it. And you, exactly. You're your own healer yes. in this process. So we talked a lot about looking out for practitioners, finding these people, and with these tools, you are your own healer. Mm-hmm. You're able to show up for yourself every day. So when you can look at it like that, these different parts, unintegrated parts, younger parts of you, you get to show up for those mm-hmm. parts and heal it. This is that radical ownership that we always talk about. Yes. It's like, sit. This is all on you guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, even as, as someone that facilitates, it's like, you can lead a horse to water, but you got to drink. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so it, it is up to you. And I love that. It's, it, you're responsible for it. So giddy up. So stay lit. So stay lit. Boom. And lean in, you beautiful humans. Fuck yeah. <laughs>